All right, social media family. Thank you once again for joining us for lesson 13 in the Discipling Through Philippians series. Now we're going to jump right back into chapter four of Philippians chapter four, and we're going to pick up where we left off. Philippians four. And we'll be looking at verses four and going down to verse eight. Philippians 4, 4 through 8. Philippians 1? 4, 4 through 8. All right. All right. In the King James, it reads like this. Rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. Let your moderation be known unto all men. The Lord is at hand. Be careful for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. And the peace of God, which pass of all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, Whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of good report. If there be any virtue, if there be any praise, think on these things. Now, we already looked at verse four a little last week, rejoicing in the Lord and how vital it is to be in a place where we are consistently rejoicing in the Lord and the, the, the impact that it has on, on us because it's something we're doing unto the Lord. But obviously there is a, there is a benefit that we read back, right? Because as we focus on him, what happens? What did Isaiah say in chapter 26? Have peace. Right. Right. He will keep you in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on thee. Now, I want to look at verse five, though, because I'm, I'm looking at this one and it says, let your moderation be known unto all men. Now, if I look at the English definition the word moderation, I said, how how is my moderation gonna be known by all mm-hmm. men? That, that that almost sounds like an oxymoron. <clears throat> moderation? How can it be known by all men? So this is where we gotta look at the Greek. All right. Now, if you look at the strongs, that word moderation. He's gentle, patient, subtle, fair, mild, gentle, right? And I'm, I'm going to pull some from my, my notes here. It says, the Greek word for moderation here is epikikis, and I know I butchered that. 
It's E-P-I-E. I-K-E-S. And it was translated gentle three times, patient one time, and moderation one time in the King James. In the NIV, this Greek word is translated as gentleness. In the New American Standard, it says, let your forbearing spirit be known to all men. And the Amplified says, let all men know and perceive and recognize your unselfishness, your considerate considerateness, your forbearing spirit. Now, if I look at those last two translations, I can see how your mod, our moderation can be known to all men. Because would you say, after looking at these two verses, if you operate in this, if you exercise this, you're going to stand out, especially in the culture we live in. Let's think about, look at it says, let your forbearing spirit be known by all men. I don't know about you, but it seems like increasingly, you tell me if you don't see it, that just the, the attitude of folks, just the culture at large, if I can use generalities, is, is more harsh and unforgiving, right? You know, it's interesting to say, like when you're seeing the definitions, I just quickly, I looked on Google too, just the basic, even if you like Google moderation, the number one meaning, the avoidance of excess or extremes, especially in one's behavior or political opinions. So it's like avoiding, that, like you said, the harshest stuff, you know, like it's like, oh, this is the truth. No, this is the truth. And I'm like back and forth, man. Don't you think social media has really promoted that? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, until that came mm. along, people weren't. Mm. It's interesting because I was watching um, Sunday 60 Minutes and they were talking about what you said. They said social media is where people are angry, you know, about, like you said, the different, you know, opinions that both sides have. And they were saying social media has really played a huge part. It's unleashed the flesh. Yeah, and, and that, um, you know, <laughs> that really angry spirit that's you know, out there now. So, because there's no consequence. The worst thing that can happen is you get unfriended or blocked. Right. There's yeah. no consequence. It's not face to face. Yeah. It's cowardly. Yeah. Right. So they all they show how, you know, how the, the angry Texas they get like. They may they have a, they may yeah. have a million hits on it yeah. mm -hmm. versus other stuff yeah. maybe like you know a thousand ten thousand yeah the good the million million twenty thousand yeah, but they said the the angry Texas uh, the, you it's know the embers yeah it's mm -hmm. up in the two million and yeah. stuff like that so yeah, you're yeah it, it really played a huge part you know that mm -hmm. type of spirit that's out there yeah that's, that's why I'm not on it. <laughs> It's weird when I haven't drank coffee since before I had her. I can't drink anymore. And it, I'm still most generally when I get up, I'm cheery. And so many people for years ask me to go, How are you so cheery in the morning? Yeah, you go, Did you drink coffee? I go, I don't drink coffee. I go, I don't understand how you can be so cheery. Everybody drinks caffeine. You drink soda? No. Nope. Hey, what do you drink? What tea? Very, very Because almost little. everybody has caffeine in the morning in some form. Yep. Yours is very caffeine. Very little. Really? Yep. Wow. 
In fact, next month will be 20 years I've had this soda. I heard a guy one time telling me he doesn't drink any coffee, and I said, what, what, you kind of drink some. He said, I drink two bottles of Dr. Pepper. <laughs> I thought, well, you're getting your caffeine somewhere. No, no um, I haven't drink anything like that. Once, I, only drink, I only drink the tea, the hot tea, I drink, because then it's going to be, it's good for me, and I don't drink it all the time. I, I, I bet if you, like if you drank coffee, you'd probably be so wired up. She would. Oh, yeah. And yeah. the natural, it's like, I've been drinking almost right. Caffeinated acid. Mm -hmm. But anyways, the point is that I don't need a stimulant to make me happy, and I'm not perfect at it. I'm just. Mm -hmm. I don't need to be happy. I need to open my eyes. <laughs> I don't need it either. I'm happy when I wake up. I'm just tired, happy. No, even even yeah. this, this thing happened this morning. It was just because I was dealing with. So that's why I'm a little fear because of what's happened before. But other than that, it's. You know, constantly talking to God and watching the Brady Watch, trying to keep my mind stayed on stuff, playing music in the background, mm -hmm. trying to stay in the right mode. Yeah, let me jump on that, too, because you, you think about, right, being fearful. And I know a lot of us have, have heard of a phenomenon where if you get a twinge or you, you feeling bad somewhere, what the, what's the first thing people people attempted to do? Look it up. You attempted to look it up, Google that jump. They look it up and be like, like this looks like, oh my gosh, I got what? You mean this might be this? And then you be, you know, and and as, as you click on that article, you pull out of it. What's gonna happen? You're gonna get fed another article, right? And see, and and this is how the the algorithms work, where the more you consume of a thing, the more you get, right? Now. I'm going to read something that Jesus said. Okay. Matthew 13. He says, verses 12, in verse 12, and I'm going to read it in the New Living Translation. He says, to those who listen to my teaching, more understanding will be given. And they will have an abundance of knowledge. But for those who are not listening, even what little understanding they have will be taken away from them. Right. So think about it now. Right. So and, and just look at the whole the whole COVID thing, how, you know, church shut down. Right. So if you won't connect it to a house church or some like, a you know, small meeting, the very small churches. Right. You were subjected to bedside Baptist. Over time. The more time people sat at home. And consumed all kinds of different stuff. Some things not necessarily evil, but just, you know, carnal. The further away they got from the truths of Scripture, right? Not even intentionally doing it. Yeah. But what you consume, you're going to get more of, right? Because you open yourself up to more of what you consume. So as you get used to not going to local fellowship, not reading the word, not praying, you get more used to watching Netflix. It becomes easier and easier new habits. to develop that, that habit of, uh, it's not this serious. God loves me, which is true. But... The further you are removed from 
his word and spending time with him, how much of that love are you going to be able to experience? And how much of you of it are you going to be able to share with somebody else? How much you're going to be aware of, you know, right. God always with us, but knowing and then, you know, appreciating the presence. Right. I don't think people understand the, the seriousness of that, you know, being exposed to the word, being, ex- being in some type of community. You know, we just figure, oh, okay, I'm saved, I'm good. And I know Jesus and, and you know, mm-hmm. as long as I have, you know, a decent foundation, know who Jesus is, I'm good. So, you know. Because people don't understand the body of Christ. <laughs> We're saved as individuals, but we belong in a body. Mm-hmm. You don't exist in isolation. A hand can't exist that's that part of the body. Right. But I'm also not going to be on the table. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> yeah. Because, you know, sitting on the table. And probably because in a lot of there's not body functioning. Mm-hmm. You got the pastor and then everybody else. Right. And so people don't come to realistically know that they're supposed to function each member in, you know, minister one to another. So, yeah. yeah, what you don't know, you're not experiencing. But that, you know, that type of environment is pushed. It's, like you said, it's the pastor and everybody else. So uh, you're trained, okay, if I need prayer, go to the pastor. If I need, you know, healing, go to the pastor. Mm-hmm. If I need this, let's go to the pastor because he got everything. If I want somebody to be say, I bring them to the pastor. Yeah. And so everything is all about him or her. You know, just bring him here. Instead of leading people to the Lord, they invite him to church. Right. Because they figure, I pay him to do that. That's his job. Right. Good point. So, but, you know, I'm saying it's all about leadership, you know. Instead of me being equipped to go out, as the Bible says, then I'm just bringing him here. And, you know, because just little old me, I can't do anything. If you have that mindset and you've been taught that mindset, then, you know, you just going to come to church. Hear the message, go back out, mm-hmm. and you know you can be inspired, influenced, have a good time, but go out and not say, "Okay, I'm, I'm being equipped to do work in the ministry." Mm-hmm. No, instead, I'm just gonna bring everybody because he or she is equipped right. to do ministry. Mm-hmm. Not me. And see, and and us as individuals, if we follow that model, then we can't fulfill this. Right. What Paul was talking about. Let all men know and perceive and recognize your unselfishness, your considerateness, and your forbearing spirit. Because if if the Sunday morning experience is all I have, then how is an hour and a half going to stack up against six days a week mm-hmm. of straight carnality, natural world? five cents knowledge that is just pressing up against that one and a half hours a week. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> you know, I think it too, a foundation of this, a not good foundation is how we've made it in the church too. It's all been about not going to hell. I think that can start there. Mm-hmm. It's, you know, ministry's only been about one thing, you know, no, just don't go to hell, which of course that's what I always say. I always say this on this line. Nobody wants to go to hell except Jesus. You don't want to go to hell, but it's like so much more than that. You know, it's 
having a relationship with God. And we talk about like Jesus himself said eternal life. It's like, man, you know, John 17, 3, you know, oh, not going to hell. No, he didn't say that. He said, this is eternal life. Knowing the true God, his father, the true God, and Jesus Christ who he sent. That's eternal life, you know. So when we realize, you know, God wants to be involved in every aspect of our lives, I think that makes it a lot more easier to walk in a day-to-day. I don't know. It was just, you know, thought. Yeah. Just yeah. an example of that. I just got an email a couple days ago from Judy. Remember Judy? <laughs> she is so despondent, oh, discouraged. The church they went to, she says it's just turned out to be like every other church she's ever been in. No contact, <clears throat> no personal minister, and she's totally alone and just extremely despondent. She says, I miss Monday nights, I miss y'all, I love her. And, and she was trying to find something like that around there, and there wasn't anything around there. She's so discouraged. She really is. And you're getting stuck to sometimes, not, not that she's stuck, I don't mean her. I'm talking about totally just an example, maybe fake too. We knew of some friends, they had approached me recently um, in my grocery store. We were just talking about Mama, actually, um, from one of our former churches. And um, she came through my line of my grocery store, her husband, real nice folks. I mean, they're the sweetest people. And she was like, wow, where do you go to church now? I was telling her about here. And she's like, oh, okay. And then I even texted her about it. And, you know, no offense to here, but she just, she had told me, like, even when she was in line, you know, the certain church we used to go together years ago, it's not even like the same church at all. Yeah, I miss so-and-so church. I miss it so much. There's never been a church like that. I'm thinking, oh, my gosh, you know, like, that's another thing, too. Not your old example, totally different example, but we get stuck, too, sometimes we need a certain things. Like, God, maybe open us up to something like this, perhaps, you know, like, you know. Yeah, it's, it's sad, you know. Anything to block us from fellowshipping, you know. Mm-hmm. That's true. Mm-hmm. So you're talking about the, well, just forbearance. It, it, the experiences we've had in our little ecclesia, when you're that close, you better you better start letting your flesh die. You better start bearing with one another's yeah. infirmities and weaknesses and idiosyncrasies and just get over it you know and learn how to love and to help nurture people and that's what we we just brag about judy all the time because she went she came so far and every other place she's gone just because of the little rough edges people that one year i told her she they was, she was her and they shy away from her in the whole well, you're in a big church i don't really like her so i don't sit there right and so people are isolated you well, can't run away. The first year, the first year or two, she came to our group. I didn't like her, and then and then she started coming in. She started coming in with notes and asking questions, and you could tell she had been in her work. And and the more she did that, the more I was attracted to her. You know, trying to help her and try. You know, well, well, it, it just changed. We got to everything. see the, the good stuff inside yeah, of her, yeah. and, and just begin to nurture. When we first met her, all I could think of was she's going to be heavy. And that doesn't. Maintenance. That's not allowed to always happen, you know, in a larger right group. I mean, we we. Well, she told us she was going to move to Texas. We asked her to go down there for two weeks and visit, and then come back. Mm-hmm. And she would she wouldn't do it. They left. They sold everything and left and went down there. And then when they got down there, they felt trapped. So, well, we definitely keep them in prayer, mm-hmm. you know, and because God got people everywhere, 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's true. We were born. Mom and I, y'all know our story. We were not that it's a bad thing. It's one of, as Andrew Walmart says, if it's a mistake, it's the best mistake you'll ever make going to Karis Bible College in Colorado. But mom and I were getting ready to go. I mean, you making plans, and we just, like I said, we just really were. God brought us here. Karis Bible yeah. College came to you. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. Well, my thing there. is, you know, I've been in ministry then, and like you say, I mean, this always you got different personalities and stuff like so you so you learn to deal with you know with things and so and I've never regretted the places I've been but my thing is when you've been exposed to something better yeah you know mm-hmm. you can't go back to mm-hmm. yeah. you see what I'm saying so she has experienced love and acceptance <clears throat> and now she, now she and she could go to the meeting and talk for 20 minutes and everybody would listen and ask questions. Nobody she felt like she's part of something. Right. So, yeah, when you've been exposed to something better, then you're like, okay, I can't go back to yeah. what I used to be. I don't want that. You know, and like Judy said, I mean, God got people everywhere. So, because I've, I've heard people say, well, you know, they've come from another, you know, city, you know, and they love their church. And the church had this, this, and that. And then, and I remember talking to one person, they got down here, so well, I just can't find I was like, okay, wait a minute. And God got people everywhere. So you can find something. It may take a little bit more effort. Take some time, right? Yeah, it takes some time. Start but to just God. say, you know yeah, what? Listen, oh, yeah. you know, I can't because this was this and we don't have this sound. Okay, but, you know, you may not have exactly what you had, where you were. But you know what? If there is something God will, if you know you, what's so funny is you ninety nine point nine percent of the time it is better than right. what you expected. What I'm saying, you being led by the Holy Spirit, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Right. What I'm saying. He's yeah. gonna lead you somewhere, right? Where yes. you can get, you know, basically what you need or where you should be, you know. But Terry and I have been led to to places where we didn't like it, but while we were there, we met people that were going to be in our life. Lifetime, right. Right. just the bond. Yeah. We met him in places that we didn't like, mm-hmm. and you know, it's just, it's yeah. just, you just don't know. And God will say sometimes, "Don't be mad at me, but I didn't send you there for the reason you thought you were going." Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I had other ideas, and he did. Well, my thing is, it's always God always got a place, and you're seeking Him, mm-hmm. you know. And now, if you got your own idea of what it's supposed to look like. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. okay, it's like gotta be this. Gotta, they you they got your, you know, list of God. Yeah. It's gotta be they this. They want this, to be this, like this, the man. old church. They're not gonna find the old church. It's not the same people. Number mm-hmm. one, they're not the yeah. same people. If you went and had went to the same church, which is the building's still there. That's close where we live. But it's not even called the same place, and it's different minister. You know, different people. But what you still should find is love. And kindness, mm-hmm. and yeah. forbearance, right? Of course. You find those things, different people, but the same character. Right. I was telling Terry that I'm, I'm attracted to people that nobody else is, you know? And uh, I was in the subway the other day, and the girl that was making the sandwich, she had piercings on every part of her body. Some piercings, I don't even want to know where they were at. But like her nose and her lips and her ears and everything. And she was tattooed from top to bottom. And uh, I got my sub, I paid her, and I started to walk out the door, and she called me. She goes, yo, yo, where do you go to church? And I said, in my house. And she goes, I go to, what she say, Coastal Summers? She knew I was a Christian, but it's that thing that God just put in me where those kind of people, <laughs> they're my kind of people. 
I told Terry she had so many piercings, if she would buy a magnet, it'd be, it'd be like meat hooks. <laughs> Stuff ripped out of her. <laughs> Pulling part, body parts off. You know? That's, I had a friend in my life, I'll say it, in my life, I met them somewhere, I'm not going to say details just because we're being recorded in case. This friend I met, it was in a church setting and in a youth group type of setting. When I first met this person, she had really bad breath, I'll say it that way, and it was, I really, I'm not trying to be me, I wanted to vomit, that's how bad. <laughs> But the way that my mom raised me, you were so nice to people. And she was very nice. She delayed the the person that's not my friend. And I go, you know, had I not pushed her, I wouldn't have a very good friend that I have in my life. She wouldn't have me. We have each other. And you I make her wear names. And granted, you know, well, she did something. Uh, it was in a place, <laughs> and they just, it was a stayover type of setting. So we, you know, we're talking before bed or whatever. And I made it a point to be like. Well, I'm gonna go brush my teeth now. You know, I kind of really she said pushed it, it. <laughs> but I did it in a very gentle way, and I don't know if it was or not. But they, they took care of it, and I knew it was bad. It's time. It's, it's time for my joke. Okay, and you. But you know, and, and what broke my heart though, what? what made me sad, is like later that like being friends with this person, they told me that the year before in that same setting, I'll say it that way, that some other girls and some <clears> groups. Had played tricks on people, including her at night. Had put aftershave in her hair uh, and shaved her up. And I had to pray and repent of thoughts I had. But anyway, I mean, you know, of other people. But the thing was, I go, you know, just we can't get away from each other in heaven. You know, like we were saying about forebears and stuff. I go, Mom, I'm not talking about that. Of course, like we're gonna be. It's not gonna be in heaven. I'm sitting there. You know, what I mean, it's not how we're gonna be. You know? Here's my joke. It's a, a man and a woman going to get married. And the woman had the worst breath in the world. Must have been your buddy. And the guy had to stink his feet in the world. Uh-oh. So before they got married, the girl comes up real close to him and says, I have to tell you before we marry. I have to give you. She's breathing on him the whole time. Oh, he says, wait a minute. Let me guess. You ate my socks. Okay. Well, um, <laughs> social media family, we've gotten completely off the yeah, rails yeah. here. That was, a, that was a good, that was a funny bad breath joke. So let, let's go back to what Brother Paul said in verse 5. Okay. Let our moderation be. Right. It wasn't about bad breath. <laughs> but, you know, we, we, you know, we're joking, right? And we, we got into some stories. But the thing about it is, you know, when we talk about your forbearance being mm-hmm. known of all men, being able to, you know, look at people's idiosyncrasies and just the little quirks and all mm-hmm. these things. And continue to be loving, to continue to just show a a level of appreciation for who they are. You know, just people being heard, noticed, right, valued. Mm-hmm. How how further that goes with people. And and again, as the culture in at large becomes darker, as people's attitudes become darker, more selfish, more more vicious, this is going to be even more mm-hmm. evident in the lives of God's people. So, and it's funny, if you read this in the New Living Translation, it says, let everyone see that, you're, that you are considerate in all you do. Remember, the Lord is coming soon. Now, if Paul said that back in like 60-something A.D., 
how much closer are we now in 2020, at the end of 2020? You get quiet and you can hear footsteps. He's close. So, you know, that could, that, that again, just, just looking at that should be a encouragement and a, you know, kick in the pants, honestly. You know, like, okay, you know, this thing about to wrap up here. We've, we're closer than we've ever been. So, you know. Remember this great awakening we've been talking about with the people who will be coming into the kingdom? They're going to be some rough people. <laughs> My we're we're going to have to show, right? They need to be equipped and trained, and it's, it's kind of like maybe even worse than in the Jesus movement. I mean, all the long hairs came into church. You guys remember, those folks were out in the parks playing guitars and smoking dope. And then within a couple of days, they were all heading to churches. Mm -hmm. Back then in the 70s when that big revival hit back then. But just to read some notes I got hit on, on that, it says we ought to be considerate, reasonable, fair-minded, and charitable to those outside the church. Mm -hmm. Not just to fellow believers. They said this means that we are not to seek revenge against those who treat us unfairly. Nor are we to be overly vocal or demanding about our personal rights. I can just, just hear the, the flesh just frying on that. It's like, oh my gosh. Because that stuff, you know, and you got to be walking in the spirit to do that stuff, man. You know, just honestly. Because you you know, if your your eyes are on him, then you know your spirit man can overcome that 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 flesh response. Because you know the natural thing to do when you, we are offended and, and people are doing us dirty is to get get back with them. Get revenge, yes, get revenge against those who don't treat unfairly. And it's like, oh, I'm gonna get you. So, yeah, like I said, when the friend had the issue, she told me from the year before I. Really had to pray hard and say, God, help me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mm -hmm. Now, let's let's keep going. Now we're going to go to Paul's mental health prescription for, for all of us believers, okay? Looking at verse 6. I'm going to read that in the Amplified. And it's the, this is the updated Amplified. It says, do not be anxious or worried about anything, but in everything, every every circumstance and situation, by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, continue to make your specific requests known to God. Okay, so why why is he telling us to do this? he says don't be anxious or worried about anything I'm like Paul it's easy for you to say you ain't living out here it's crazy out here today what you talking about yeah. All right. he knew things will come against us he knew that so it says, <coughs> so let your supplication be made with thanksgiving so if you're, if you're giving thanks before you receive your request that's faith and and I, I think that, that that's a formula where faith starts to grow. 
As you start thanking God for what you're believing for. Well, and then verse 7 starts with the word and, which says to me it's a continuation right. of the preceding verse. So yeah, by doing that, then I will be able to receive, God's peace will be made available mm -hmm. to me. Mm -hmm. When well, you're talking about thanksgiving for me, it's like, okay, I'm thanking him that's already been made available. Right. Right. I'm not, you know, trying to get it. I'm thinking that you've already made provisions. Mm -hmm. And Thanksgiving, that's why I, it's so important. Right. Because, I mean, that's to me, that's when you Thanksgiving, because if, if you're not going to thank him, if you think you ain't got it. Right. Right. You're you won't thank him once you get it. You make the request, and you thank him for the request when you haven't seen it yet. Right. And that's that's what your faith starts to operate in that. Mm -hmm. You start growing in that. I think that's how things good for you because okay, he already if you understand he already made provisions for everything you need. And it's like and like come to you say, Okay, well, like you said, I remember because then I thank you that you've already done this, it's already been done. So because it's a finished work. A thankful heart cultivates a different kind of atmosphere too. Right. You take a person with a thankful heart versus a griping heart, and it's a completely different atmosphere. I think it's too, you know, it's like, <clears throat> let your request be known to God, you know, be known to God. And go. I think it's because we've been conditioned so much in church setting that condemnation, you can't talk to God about anything, you know, everything. And then, like, when you realize you can talk about anything, you can make a request, and I'm like, God, I don't want to talk about this situation in life, or God, I know I shouldn't feel this way about this, but I really do. I'm so it's an anger, or frustrated. I'm just so frustrated. Mm -hmm. I'm not that guy. I said, oh, you know, mm -hmm. God can talk to you. And, you know, the ones of us who are secure with God and he can give you a kick in the butt, you know, <laughs> just like, he'll be like, hey, you know, you're supposed to feel that way. Did I treat you that way? Or he might be like, hey, listen, you know, I love you. Show love, you know, but that we can actually open up and not try to carry our walk out by ourselves, you know, I think that really helps a lot. I'm, I'm thinking about um, Mark eleven twenty three, very famous scripture that mm -hmm. all us faith people are very familiar with, right? When, when Hagen wrote, <laughs> right. right? It's Hagen eleven twenty three. <laughs> <laughs> in the New Living, I'm gonna read. I'm gonna switch it up. Reading the New Living it says, "I tell you the truth." This is Jesus talking to his disciples. I tell you the truth. You can say to this mountain. May you be lifted up and thrown into the sea, and it will happen. But you must really believe it will happen and have no doubt in your heart. I tell you, you can pray for anything. And if you believe that you've received it, it will be yours. So if if that mindset is, is in place when I make my petition, then... You know, Terry used the word atmosphere. If I believe this in the integrity of what his word has said, then it's setting the stage for a thankful atmosphere because it is all mm -hmm. tied together. Because if if I if I'm persuaded that he answers me, he listens to me, he loves me, then I'm I pray, I make petition then I know that his hand is already at work, mm -hmm. right? It's in, and that is going to produce the Thanksgiving, right? And what the Thanksgiving does, it opens up our hearts to be able to 
receive the manifestation of what is already ours in the spirit, right? And then Thanksgiving, what it also does, it serves as a buffer to the discouragement, the doubt that, that tries to obstruct us mm-hmm. in our walk, obstruct our ability to receive. It's that Thanksgiving. So it, it all is tied together. So just like if Mary is, she didn't say she has $100, right? And I've been going to her for the past 10 years. And every time I need $100, every time I ask, she gives it to me. So... I look at something that this unexpected bills like seventy some dollars and I spend everything else. I go to Mary. Now, am I going to her in trepidation? Yeah. In fear? Because she has I have a reputation with her. I mean, I, I have seen the inconsistency. I've experienced the, the consistency. Every time I ask, I receive. So if I'm in a position where I can act, I can step back and look at all of the goodness of God throughout the years and just keep that fresh in my mind, it puts us, puts me, puts us in a place where when there and there's a need arises, some some adversity comes, I can rejoice when I'm given the petition. Because I know God, he got me. So it's it's a snowball. Now in the Amplified, he says, continue to make your specific request known to God. Specific. Now, is this important or not? Vital. Mm-hmm. Okay. How so? Well, if you don't believe that God cares about every little thing in your life, then you can't have that confidence that you were talking about. And then you'll resort to fretting and worrying. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no. You're complaining. <clears throat> That's good. And you probably know better than any of us. When when your heart is thankful, it's like it's open, like an open flower, and this you put yourself in a position to be able to receive. But when you're ungrateful, it's it's like everything closes in and the blessings can't even get to you because you've created I don't even know how to word it, but it's just that. There's no opening for the blessings and goodness of God to to reach you because ungratefulness, I think, makes people dull, makes people hard. Mm-hmm. Well, that, that word everything to me because a lot of people don't think, okay, everything is everything, right? Yeah. But some people I think, think okay, so. well, I'm not going to bother God about that. I can, you know, I can take care of that. Or they think you're like, you know, well, you know, 
certain things is common sense. You know what I'm saying? Hey, you know, you need to know what to do when this happens because this is what everybody else does. Mm-hmm. Okay. Jesus said, without me, you can do nothing. Right. But I'm saying, but people have. <laughs> nothing is nothing. I mean, I've had a conversation with I said, well, you know what? What's the point of praying about that? You know, hey. Just do that. You don't need that prayer to God ask about that. For what? You know, hey. It's just pretty simple. And so, but this one does say, hey, pray about anything or this. It says anything or everything. So, everything means everything, right? So, nothing's off limits. Right. Or nothing is too small. Yeah. For him, you know, we think, well, this is too small to bring to God. You know, I wish I get something huge or big. You know, so I'm not going to involve him in all my decisions because I don't need him in all my decisions. And to me, this kind of, you know, it contradicts that to a certain. Well, you kind of do. Uh, I remember when I was really poor. If if a TV broke, I had to ask for a TV, right? Mm-hmm. And and uh, then then as time went by and got a little money, I could buy a TV. But I didn't know which one to buy. I'd ask him. So you know which one's the best one out there. I don't want to waste your money. Show me where I, what to buy. So there's always that reaching out, you know. But see, most people don't think like you just thought. Well, you know, buying a TV, they just like, oh, I'm just gonna go pick one. You know. Uh huh. We've been taught though, it's true that God doesn't care about the certain things. So he does. We've been think, you know, a lot, you know, to a lot of folks. To right. You put yourself in my place. In the last year, I've had a heart attack and stroke. If I get a tiny pain in my head, the devil sitting right here saying, that's it, you're dead, you're gone. <laughs> if I get heartburn, that's it, you're going to be dead in an hour. And you get to a place where that's you That's a dumb devil. Well, you get to a place where you just have perfect peace. And when those voices come, and they, they, they come, they, well, they come even when you're healthy. And I'm not saying that mockingly. I'm just well, they saying. come to people when they're healthy. They have something to say. Oh, oh, you got cancer, or you got this, and you got that, and you you have to you have to just. When I asked the Lord about it, I said, "Look, I can't get, be dealing with these right. attacks all the time. What do I do about it?" And He said, uh, "You're going to live till you die, Gene. Don't worry about it." And I said, "That's enough for me." <laughs> mm-hmm. That's good. Yeah, that's definitely. good. And people don't understand, you know, how impactful stress and anxiety is. Yeah on your physical health. This is why Paul says, be careful for nothing. Right? right? Anxious right. Right. for nothing. Yeah, because Proverbs that, 3, 5, and 6 tells us. <laughs> right? You're doing Andrew wrong right there. It's, what is the Greek for nothing? <laughs> you know? Right. Yep. Be careful for nothing. And, and see, and when we, we talk about like dealing with other people and, and family members, uh, people that we love, we care about, you know, there's almost, there's a sense of honor in worrying about them, right? But based on, now naturally it makes sense looking at it from a natural perspective. But the strongest thing I can do is to be anxious for nothing. And to do what? By prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, 
make um, my <coughs> request known to God because I know, okay, God has, he, he, he has promised some things for this person's healing. So I agree with what God said and I'm going to stand on that, right? That's, that's what we are being encouraged to do here in these situations, in, in the lives of other people, in our own lives, all of that. Be careful for nothing. But see, once again, this is impossible without being in the presence of God, without abiding in him, practicing his presence, staying in his word, you know. All that's just the fellowship of the saints. All that stuff is necessary because you you not you're not gonna be able to do this. Come close to doing this with an hour and a half a week. I saw I saw a thing <coughs> on TV. Richard Roberts had gone to a service and was really touched by God. And that at the time the university was going under. And he got back and he said he was sitting at his desk. Yeah, it was a Thursday. He said the secretary came in and said, unless we have a couple hundred thousand dollars to pay the insurance for this school, we have to shut down in 48 hours. And when she said it, he started laughing hysterically. He fell out of his chair on the floor and she wanted to go get the psychiatrist. I'm sure. <laughs> he said he was laughing so hard. He said, and he, it was from being at that meeting and having the joy of the Lord. And he said that day at 5.05, right before he left the office, the phone rang and the man said, I've got a check for you sitting on my desk. And it's for a couple hundred thousand dollars. It was exactly the amount they needed to pay that bill. And his response to it was joy, <laughs> even though he, he didn't know that's what it was. Because he said, he said, when he fell on the floor laughing, he's thinking, what am I doing? But he couldn't help himself. It was a God thing. Because even here it says, don't worry. And people right. think it's right. normal to do that. Right. Oh, right. people mean that. Yeah. yeah sometimes you're going yeah, to worry. Yeah, you're going to worry. People think, okay, that's just what you do. Yeah, you know, and yeah he's got to worry. For those not worry. You know, who don't. What do you mean? Especially for unbelievers. That's all they're going to do. They're not going to But believers, you know. The only thing that gets me worrying is, is if, if someone I really love gets sick. And that. I don't know if you call it worrying, but it, it's a it's a heaviness on you, and you're constantly praying and and you know until that's gone. But uh, most anything other than that, that that doesn't phase me. I was telling Julie about it. I said, "Think about it. it says, cast all your cares mm -hmm. on him for he cares for you." And I go, "Oh, but not mothers. Mothers get we, we have a past because we care so much for our children. We're supposed to carry that." He goes. It doesn't say that. It says, cast all your cares. Mm -hmm. Come on, moms. Which I don't know what yeah. to do. Mm -hmm. That's good. And dads, good dads too, but you know, it's like the mom. Moms thing. tend to be tend to yeah, yeah. worry different. It's like I have a soft spot for kids. When I see these commercials, <clears throat> like kids that are in King's Daughter or having surgery somewhere, I pray for them every time. I mean, my heart goes out to children. Yeah, I always say, that's they're my babies. I don't care whose they are. You know, and I pray that's for them. Right. Because I just love kids. Yeah. Now we look at verse 7. Like Terry said, 
there's an and in the King James. So after he's told us to be careful for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your request be made known unto God. And, and the peace of God, which passeth all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. That's awesome news. Now, you, I'm, I'm looking at that part where it says, which passeth all understanding. Right. But you see how the six and seven are connected. Be careful for nothing. Mm -hmm. And the peace of God, which passeth all understanding. Because again, on the outside, somebody on the outside looking in, you could be going through stuff and people have no idea, you know, but if you're walking in this and somebody comes to you and be like, hey, such and such, such and such, and then you start to open up about the things that are going really going on with you. Some of it, because people can, can look at the outside appearance and say, Oh, yeah, that, that things must be peachy keen for this person all the time. <laughs> and they don't have no clue the type of battles and things that people are fighting. But if you're walking in this, then verse 7 can it will be your reality. Because it, it truly can pass all understanding, like natural understanding. You, you It don't make no sense. You going through what? You doing this, you experience that, and you still smiling, you still handling your business, you still, you know, praying and giving and doing all these other stuff. The peace of God. To the witness. Yeah. Which passes all understanding. When I was a bodyguard at Virginia, Virginia Beach for that mega millionaire, all her friends were millionaires too. And uh, you would think those people would be happy. They, they were the most neurotic bunch of people I've ever met in my life. Yeah. Uh, they, they would come over and, and counsel with me. They wanted my counsel. And, and uh, they were, I mean, they, they, were, they were so insecure. Like this lady used to get a mailbox full of stuff on Valentine's Day. She probably didn't know 100 people, but she would get two or 300 because everybody knew she had money and everybody wanted to be her friend. And uh, all, all of her friends were the same way. They couldn't trust anybody. They didn't know if they were they wanted to, if they were really wanted to be a friend or they just wanted to get close to try to get some money from them. Yeah. There, there was a famous rapper um, back in in my day, the nineties. He had a song called "More Money, More Problems." <laughs> yeah. Right. And you know when when at first um you know you think oh yeah right man please that's what I used to think yes. Yes. But 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 there was so much truth in the title of that song. Because just like what Gene was talking about, because imagine how how horrible I don't want to use word, how tormenting it could be, right? You got this this a mass of wealth, but the people around you, the people that are trying to get connected to you. 
you have no clue whether or not they have a genuine interest in you or your money. Yeah. Right. And and it's gonna create this like and depending on what type of upbringing you had, it can amplify the paranoia or the the hurt that that comes along <laughs> with not being able to have a genuine connection with another person. You know, because you could be in a homeless shelter and connect with somebody and, you know, develop a, a relationship that could last a lifetime. Mm-hmm. You know, not to say that you couldn't do that, in, you know, as a, a millionaire, billionaire, whatever, but the thing about it is the, for the, when, when you at the bottom or you just modest in, in this place, then you don't have the same paranoia about why is this person talking to me or want to spend time with me? Yeah. Both of us broke. Yeah. We both, you know, we we in the same boat pretty much. So I it can't be after my money because I ain't got none. Right. But when you, you know, you have all this material wealth and even you know this all the external trinkets and goodies then people will just they will they will emulate affection just to get a piece of the goodies the material things when you see how these people live it blows your mind i was at this lady's house and she picked up the phone one day to buy a car i never saw anybody buy a car with a phone she got a guy in the, at, the, at the dealership. I want a cute little burgundy one with a white top. She said, with all the bells and whistles on it, can you have it ready to deliver it to my house when? And he told her, and she says, okay, give me a call and let me know what the price is, and I'll have a check waiting for you. And, and I, I just sat back and thought, man, I didn't know that kind of stuff went on, you know? Yeah. When her son brought two or three people over to go to the beach swimming, mm-hmm. she called a catering service. <laughs> My mom would get out the peanut butter and jelly. I mean, there wasn't no catering service coming up. They set up tables and potato salad for, for three or four teenagers going swimming at the beach. Uh, it was just like so different. Yeah. It's true. If you don't have the wisdom, how to, this is kind of off sort of, but like to, you know, um, like um, how to budget your money and stuff around too. Me and one of my best friends, me and Dennis, were talking today about it. He, um, he was talking about, we're talking about how some places are paying certain things today, but some aren't paying as much. And when I talked about it, I said, where I work personally, it's not the highest end of the pay that it is, but I choose it because of peace. Speaking of peace, I mean, you know, I love, absolutely love, I have like hardly complaints about my job. And he's like, yeah, you know, I agree with you. We're talking about it. And he had some coworkers he was talking about it. He said, they, um, they tend to have more money, but they tend to always need money. It's kind of weird, you know? It was like, you know, he had had somebody in his life tell him, it's like, it's not how much you make, it's what you re-spend it, you know? And I'm like, that makes sense too, you know? And, you know, because that can cause a lot of stress too, always having one. This lady lived, lived off the best. stocks. Yeah. And and uh, as I got to know her, she shared a lot of stuff with me, and I sat down and figured it out one day, and I looked at her, and she was probably in her 60s then. And I said, if you live to be 90, you can spend 
$8,000 every day from now until you're 90 and you won't touch your stocks. This was just the dividends on the stocks. I don't know how much the stocks were worth, probably millions, but I thought it must be nice. You know, it must be really be nice. And you left all that to marry me. I did. <laughs> she introduced me to you, so I thought it was a God thing. Mm -hmm. It was. Mm -hmm. And look at the second half of that verse 7. In a New Living Translation, it says, His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. Your hearts and minds. And why, why do you think it separates it there? Hearts and minds. The peace of God will guard both. I need that. See, I had a heart attack and I had a stroke. Heart and mind. That's for me. Go. That's my scripture. There you go. Right there. That makes sense. Guard your heart and mind. Yes. There you go. Now let me look at it in the Strong's. Huh? You want a pen? I probably got it already marked out down here. Right. In the Strong's. The figuratively means the heart that is the thoughts or feelings, right? Or the middle, right? And Thayer's, of course, you know, in some instances, it actually means the physical heart. But in other instances, it's, it denotes the center of all physical and spiritual life. The vigor and sense of physical life, the center and seat of spiritual life, okay? of will and character, right? Okay, now let's look at mind. Now, if you look at mind here in the Strong's, it's, there, there are two different numbers here connected with this one word, all right? And the first part is just referring to you as the individual, right? And the second part means perception, intellect, disposition. Now the word, the word that comes jumps out at me is perception. The peace of God will guard your perception. Perception. How you see it. Mm -hmm. And that, that that triggers everything. Wrong perception, and you have all kinds of bad chemicals running around your body, and you get crazy, and you know you have all kinds of stuff happening. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, another thing, you can have peace in your heart about something, but your mind can still question. It's trying to reason. So to me, this is a blessing that that peace can deal with both. Yeah. So Kenneth Hagin was always saying, you can have peace in your heart yeah. and doubt in your mind. I believe, help my unbelief. Yeah. yeah. And so that covers both. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, I'm reminded, I've heard somebody say, well, you know, when something's, they said, follow the peace. Because like, there's been time where I, you know. And don't reason it out, follow yeah, the peace. Yeah, I have peace here, but my head is there. Right. It keeps getting in the way. Yeah, well, I mean, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not discouraging them, but I just said, you know what, I don't understand this, but 
I'm going forward because I got peace right. in my mm-hmm. so Like God's told you to do something. Right. And your mind is saying, do what? Yeah, exactly. Do what? I right. never thought of doing that. God, are you sure? But your pe- your heart's saying, yeah. 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 <coughs> but your head's saying, what? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and it may have taken me a minute, you know, because God may have hesitated a minute because it's like, my head ain't getting it. But, mm-hmm. I mean, it feels right. Mm-hmm. You know, so that's the peace you have. Like, okay, it feels right. I don't get it. I don't, I've had people say, I don't know. Why are you going to do that? I follow the peace. And yeah. by, by reason of use, as you step out each time you're in that situation, by reason of use, you, you, you learn mm-hmm. exactly when to move out, when not to move out. And you won't make it, you won't do it right every time. But as time goes by, you'll do it more and more right. and more right. Peace be the empire. And you'll get to hear his voice, and you'll, at first, you don't know his voice. You'll say, Is that you? Is that really you? And then as time goes by, as you step out on it, you know when he speaks. And that goes, you know, to what we said, you know, we're reading, um, to, you know, let your request be made known unto God. Where, you know, I know we've all had situations where God will tell us something, and it's something really extreme, and then you, know, you feel bad at first, like, God, should I ask you again? I mean, I should just step on this or whatever, but right. then you ask him again, and I, he wants us to check with him. Mm-hmm. I mean, not be full of doubt, but that's why, you know, I've had things in my life thing things where it's like okay god are you sure yeah. not you're not sure about but i want to be sure that i'm hearing you and i like it, it again when you hear it again he uses vernacular with you there's no way it was your yeah, yeah. wordage or verbiage right. yeah. it's comes, really you know, strong <laughs> you know that you know that it was him but you go oh, i never talk like that it's got to be you god you don't have to question again go i don't talk like that i'm gonna i'm gonna even think don't use that word you go that's got to be you mm-hmm. In Colossians 3.15 really connects to that. The Amplified says, Let peace, the soul harmony which comes from Christ, rule, act as an umpire continually in your hearts, deciding and settling with finality all questions that arise in your minds in that peaceful state to which as members of Christ's one body you are also called to live. And then again, be thankful, always giving praise to God. But it, it settles the questions. I remember when I was going through a dark time in my life and I was trying to get away from God. And I was praying to him because I was a conversation. And I'd say, I, I really don't want you in my life anymore. Just go away. Leave me alone. He would. Yeah, and he would not leave me alone. Right there. He wouldn't. He, he would not. Well, he, he knows that he, he knows everything. Of course he knows. I told God, I said, you know. Even way you thought he was, you can blame me, like, I, I don't care. You know, See, I'm just like you then, the religious heritage just jumped and says, Y'all lying. <laughs> <laughs> you tell God to go away. Tell uh-uh. God like that. Uh-uh. He God goes said, away. I'm out. Yeah, go out. Okay. Yeah, I, I couldn't make that up. Said, Trust I, me, I, you don't I, brag I, about no. stuff like he that. Just, he just shut you off. That, that, you don't brag about stuff like that. When you do stuff like that and you realize the love of God, it, it's a revelation. Yeah. When you do that kind of stuff and you realize Because wow. he's looking at the situation you're in, he's looking it, it's, at the It's like heart. you're walking with your little kid and you want something and your kid kicks you in the shin or something and you got his hand. What are you he's not gonna be you're gonna make him not be your son anymore. You're gonna deal with it and, and he'll be your son. Right. And I'm already, you can't talk to God like that. I know. I know. Yeah. And I mean, you know, and I, I, know, I, I know. remember going, you know, you can't talk to God like that because you know you know, they told you to strike you dead. When you go to church, <laughs> you go to church and put your hands up and say, I am a friend of God. Yeah, well, I can't contact no, that way. <laughs> yeah, but they tell you, no, 
talked to God like that. You understand who he is? You know yeah, he's gonna strike you dead. Well, you be dead by six o'clock tonight, so we talk like that. And it's, yep. So I'm saying, yeah, you didn't approach him. It sounds it I sounds irreverent, but he he is really a, a, a good dad. And it sounds like irreverent, but I mean he, he's Almighty God on one hand, but on the other hand, he he is he is uh, he 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 in love he's in love with us. And uh, some people can't deal with that. But when you're trained that you know your sins will run him away, you know, that type of talk would really make him angry and do something horrible to you. Mm -hmm. Then you know Yeah, yeah, well you're walking on eggshells or you're always trying to be, you know, correct about your talk. And then you're not saying how you really feel about something. Trying to earn your way into heaven, right? You were talking about how tired you get trying to earn your way. If I could just, if I just, if I just do this, I know you will love me more. It's like you can't do anything that will ever make me love you more. And when I when I have something in my heart, I say it to him because he knows he knows in your heart anyway. Terry will say, "You said what?" I said, "Yeah." And she said, "Why?" Because he knows what I was thinking. Well, that's the way to deal with it because we can't do it on our own. So it's like God, I'm struggling with whatever. Okay, I can help you with it. I, I always used to have a big deal when you tell me to give like big sums of money to somebody that I didn't know or I didn't like. And, I, and I'd <laughs> yes. sit there and I'd say, are you kidding me? Why would you want me to give him money for? And, and he said, you're going to do it? And I said, you know I'll do it. I just don't like doing it. I but but that, I mean, that's just who I am. And it's Terry said, you can't talk to me that way. Like, it's, it's, it's like the two sons. The one who gives the two sons um, the father came and said, go with me out and do all this stuff and they feel right. And he says, yeah, I'm coming with you. And he never showed up. Right. Yeah, and then right. the other one go, I ain't coming. Mm-hmm. And eventually he came and he helped. Which soon did the, the will of the father. But if you, if you have a son and you tell him to do something, he looks at you and goes, dad, really? I don't know if I want to do that. And you talk to him again some more and he talks back and forth. And finally he says, well, if you say so, I'll, I'll do it. Yep. Stay, you go like, that's a, that's a good deal. Say, you know? I'm going to. And, and, goes, and you're still doing what he said. Right. And some people they'll think things, and God knows what you're thinking, but they won't ever say it to him because they think it's irreverent, right. and it's kind of they're kind of hiding. Yeah, like he said, if I say that, I'm someone better plan my funeral because <laughs> I ain't making it. Now let me here. let me throw this disclaimer out there for anybody listening. <laughs> We we don't advocate no. just just you know oh, ra- no. railing on the Lord. No, it's not no, smart. No, no, it's okay, not at all. Okay. because what something it is, happens. you know, and and because no. what you're doing. Hold on, let me. What, what you're doing in that situation? If you stay at that place, then you are opening yourself yes, up you oh, yes. for some you know some hardness of heart. Oh, yes, you're right. And then that hardness of heart will. Put you in a in a bad way. That's that's good, yeah. right? Because I'm, in, you know, during this discourse, I was thinking about like just the way my my little daughter was like. I came home one day and looking at the bedroom, just walking in the bedroom, and she's on on the bed, like, and I said, "Hey, how you doing, girl?" She said, "Leave me alone, go away." <laughs> I'm like, "Leave me alone, go away." What? Now, like Eric said, right? If I had that, the, the the response of, who do you think you are? Mm-hmm. She said that she was supposed to get put out, mm-hmm. out the house, right? Or at least beat, mm-hmm. right? 
But understanding, okay. Yeah. Does she really mean what she's saying? No. Mm. She don't mean what she's saying. Because two seconds later, she's jumping over, over me, giggling and playing peekaboo and all that. See. Right? So the Lord knows what's going on. That's code for come hug me, daddy. On, on the deep red, yeah, deep recesses. The recesses of your heart and see, you know, that person is just like, you know, cursing God and all that. He knows the code. He sees past what, what's going on. Yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah, he sees past that. I look back to what I'd say like four years ago. It's been four years. It feels like it's been forever, but then it doesn't. It's weird. But like what, you know, what I went through, I go, I was so long recently. I noticed looking back, I go, if. I'd always say, or I might would say God is like that. Sometimes I'd be angry about something. Me even like, that's if God is like that. Like if, the big if, you know, like I would stick that in there. And I didn't realize I was doing that because that's what my heart was saying. But, you know, it's funny. We're talking about this and, you know, God sees recesses, you know, the heart and stuff. I remember, I'll never forget to this day, I was at the gym I was working out at. It's probably been three years ago, two and a half, three years ago. And I remember, you know, just like laying back and like, you know, doing like um, sit-ups on the bench and I was looking up at the ceiling, I was relaxing between, I was going through some struggles and I needed God's help, but I was afraid. See, I'm so, I'm terrified with God, you know I mean? That's why I was like, God, like, I was scared, you know, but I knew I needed his help on some things too. And I'm like, God, I was laying back and I go, I want to trust you. I just, it's like dot, dot, dot in my head for a minute. I didn't finish my thought and I heard out of nowhere and, you know, I forget the terminology, but it was because you're afraid I'm going to screw you over. God knew, and forgive me for that term, but that's exactly what God, you know, told me. And I'm like, you know, God, you know, you know how I'm feeling. And me, little by little, I mean, you know, even to this day, he still is like, you know, still be a little underlying fears recently. It's like, I'm not going to take this from you. I want to give you this. You know, when you've been traumatized and terrified of God, you know, of course you're going to be like, get away from me, you know. But he's like, I don't want you to be afraid of me, you know. And he's good to redeem you, you know. He told me years ago, he said, I want you to be yourself. And I said, I can't. He said, why? I said, nobody will like me. He said, he said I will. And I, and I said, be myself. In other words, I would, I would say things that I wasn't thinking just because it was religious. If I was in a group of people and I'd say things. But I, I, that, that wasn't from coming from my heart. And eventually I got to the place where what comes from my heart I speak, and when God says something, if I don't agree with it, I'll I'll, I'll I'll ask him and talk to him about it. He always wins, but he, he understands. I, mean, I know he understands. Yeah. Yeah. He understands the anger, the fear. Yeah, all of it. He understands it all, and you you can be you can be who you really are, and be loved. Where a lot of Christians, especially, put on that Christian mask. You know, you meet him, you meet him on Sunday morning. How are you? Praise God, I'm doing wonderful. How are you? You know, and they just finished slapping their wife out in the car before they came in the church. But I mean, you know, but, but I mean, there's oh, yeah. there's people like that, and and you just and the guy that that was like that, if he was himself before God, God would deal with it, and he would eventually come around. I think he changed. Righteousness and true holiness. I like that. You know, and I thought about it, I said true holiness, like from the heart. God, you know, what with David, King David, 
God, you know, man looks on the outward appearance, God looks at That's good. And you see how those two are connected, right? Yeah. Righteousness and true holiness. Mm -hmm. Because I can't be truly holy without his righteousness. There. Oh, wow. Yes. That's awesome. That's cool. <laughs> and David was a man after his own heart. There, there you go. But he, right? but, but he yeah. saw Bathsheba and became a man again. You know? Did all kinds of things. Yeah. <laughs> but, but it's it's true. When Nathan brought the story going, and he goes, "Who have you is do this?" Mm -hmm. He goes, "It's you." Immediately, he's like, oh, "He was repentant." Oh my God! Well, what's neat is you can see David's flaws, and God loved him through. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And we we get we get something going on in our life, and we think, "Oh, God can never deal with me again." Look how bad I'm been. You know, and, and there's a lot of people walking We're around with condemnation. That, that's that same kind of, not that there's not a time with a certain behavior, as Paul instructed, to shun a particular person or stop having fellowship. Temporarily. With them, temporarily until they can be restored. But that's the degree of forbearance that God, when you look at Abraham's mistakes, those are so encouraging to me. Oh, yeah, that's my sister. You go in there and right? go in there and sleep with the king. And oh, yeah, let's have a baby. Those are huge mistakes. <clears throat> but God just kept working with him and never took the vision away. That's very encouraging. But that's also how we're supposed to stick with people when they mess up. Get them back. Get them back in their vision. And, and that's not easy. You, know, and, I mean, and, you can't do it in the flesh. God always wants to restore. Always. <laughs> always. I don't care what you've done. He wants always. to restore. He wants to restore. He's always trying. And when people get restored, the rest of the church don't want anything to do with them. <laughs> Especially if they do it on a on, on a big platform like Nationwide. Somebody sees a pastor mess up. And when he gets restored, yeah, he, he carries that stigma with him forever. Because the church just doesn't forgive when, like they should and that's why James said what he did about teachers. Held it a higher standard. standard. Mm -hmm. You know, it's not that God is trying to crack the whip on on folks harder. You know, let's God and never give up on you, but people will. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Let's close with this last verse here at eight. I tried to memorize this thing so many times and I always get the whatsoever's mixed up. Yeah, so that's why we read it in New well, Living Translation. I never had them in order. New Living Translation. True no. and just and honest. No whatsoever's. Good report. Okay. All right. Verse 8 in the New Living says, And now, dear brothers and sisters, one final thing. Fix your thoughts on what is true and honorable and right and pure, and lovely, and admirable. Think about these things that are excellent and worthy of praise. So he gives he gives us a, a direction on how to direct our thoughts. And so if we have the if he's telling us to fix our thoughts on these things. Then we must have the ability to do it. Absolutely. Right. right. And this is what, you know, in in counseling, therapy, right? You know, the conveying the idea that your emotions, even though they are very real, they were never meant to dominate or lead you, mm -hmm. to have dominion over your will. 
all all the emotions really are is a gauge or a thermometer, an alert to tell you, okay, you know, to identify whether something is, you know, something's a little off or, you know, to, to alert the mind. They are to work together, the mind, will, and the emotions. But if the emotions are extended to a, a place where they shouldn't be, then they are going to manipulate, they'll be manipulated yeah. and you'll be willed to do some things that you'll regret later. So this is why Paul says, fix your thoughts on what is true, honorable, right, pure, lovely, admirable. So it's intentionality. I'm being intentional about these things. And all of us can be, you know, honest and, and we can look at our own lives and say, okay, when my thoughts are directed, mm-hmm. like Paul is talking about, you can tell the truth. And here's the real deal in that next verse. He said, those things which you've learned and received and seen in me do. In other words, he's saying, you've seen all this stuff in me. So he was walking the walk and talking the talk, this guy. Yeah, because if, you know, you know he was... How many people could say that? The, the Watch perse- me and do what I do. How many right. people can say that? Like, like the persecution he, yeah. he endured, like all that stuff, and to still just be rejoicing the mm-hmm. way he was. Come on, man. Supernatural. But this is because he was doing this. Mm-hmm. What he's instructing us, encouraging us to do. <clears throat> we have to decide whether you're going to believe culture. Culture is just the opposite. Culture says, um, pay attention to your emotions and act them out. You know, that's how you feel. Just do it. And, you know, whatever you feel, like you can say. Yeah, say the squeaky it. wheel gets the grease. Yeah. That's so, a complaining. You know, so. Yeah. But if all is saying, okay, mm-hmm. get your thoughts on this, you know, and then your emotions will eventually change. Right. You know, but culture says, hey, if you feel it and you feel like saying it, saying it or do it, you know, and so therefore you got to be careful not to buy into what, you know, mm-hmm. the outside is saying versus what God is always saying. That's good. All right, social media family. Thank you for joining us. I will see you again. Good night.